1: Welcome to the serialized audiobook of The Rookie, season one of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by number one New York Times best-selling novelist Scott Sigler. The Rookie is also available in print, ebook, and unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit Scottsigler.com slash TheRookie. On third and 11 at the Kraken's 22, Akanatak went down again. Choco Thillet came through again, and Pine was sacked again. He came up bleeding from the right cheek, madder than Quentin had ever seen him. Pine reared back and threw the ball with all his strength, at Choco Thillet, who was only five yards away. The ball smashed into Choco Thillet's helmet, then bounced high into the air. Choco Thillet turned and roared and ran at Pine, who snarled and dove forward, fists swinging. <coughs> Whistles blew, the crowd raged. Quentin jumped on Choco Thillet's back. Zebes swarmed in as players attacked each other. The game was suddenly a sea of legs and tentacles and raspers and red and blue and silver and orange and black and white. <coughs> Whistles shrieked, players swore in four different languages. Something hit Quentin in the back right at his kidneys. He rolled off Choco Thillet and lay on the ground. Pine had his helmet off and was swinging it like a warhammer, blood coursing down his face, his white eyes wide against his red-stained blue skin. More black and white. Zeebs poured out of the woodwork at least 15 of them, flying in with stun sticks. Quentin heard the zap of the sticks, smelled burnt ozone, and saw players dropping. Choco Thillet fell from a dozen blasts. Pine needed only two. When it was over, the Kraken's punt team came onto the field. Fifteen yards back, of course, for Don Pine's personal foul. The damn wing tee offense was like watching a living puzzle box. It was a magician's offense, sleight of hand and loathsome chicanery. Who had the ball? Pookie Chang? Peter Loachie? Case Johansson? Was it a run? Was it a pass? The Earthlings marched downfield again, chewing up five and six yards a pop. The Krakens started to adjust, but the vanishing ball trick had them tackling the wrong player more often than not. Chang for six yards, Loachie for ten yards, a pass for fifteen yards, Chang for another four. 12 plays, and seven minutes after the Kraken's post-fight punt, Pookie Chang carried it in from four yards out to give the Earthlings the lead. Without missing a beat, they again lined up in the wing tee for the two-point conversion. The Kraken's defense still didn't know how to stop that offense. Pookie Chang slipped through a trap block and walked into the end zone standing up. Earthlings, 17. Krakens, 14. Quentin followed Tom Perlis into the hole. Perlis nailed a stumbling Alonzo, putting the linebacker into the ground. Quentin hurtled them both and tried to cut outside. Kipper, the assassin, the outside linebacker, dove for him and grabbed his jersey, standing Quentin almost straight up as he tried to move forward. Jurong, the free safety, came in untouched like an armor-piercing bullet. She smashed into Quentin's ribs. He heard a crack from his pads and another snap from inside his body. He had never been stabbed in the ribs, but he knew it had to feel just like this. Quentin lay on the ground, big hands clutched tightly around the football. They could kill him, but they couldn't make him fumble. His eyes scrunched tight with the agony in his side, and he waited for the med sled to cart him off the field. Someone kicked his leg. Quentin opened his eyes, squinting through the pane, to look up at Donald Pine. Get up, loser. Pine still had a blue bandage on his cheek. The cut had been deep, and despite constant application of nanocytes, it had opened up two more times. The front of his orange jersey was a sheet of red. I said get up, you pansy. Quentin tried to blink away the pain. He had broken ribs broken ribs. I got broken ribs, Quentin said. And I care, Pine said. Now get up, rookie, and get back in the huddle, or I will kick you in those same ribs until you do. Quentin stared at Pine. He hated Pine. He had thought Pine was his friend, but he'd been crazy to think that. He had always hated Don Pine. Don Pine was a loser. Quentin slowly hauled himself back to a standing position, and followed Pine to the Kraken's huddle. The fourth quarter started just as the Earthlings took over. They kept moving the ball, seemingly at will. Chang for five yards, Loachie for seven, Chang for another four. And then it happened. Johansen put the ball in Chang's belly as the thick running back slammed into the line, he then put it in Loichi's arms and rode the fleet-footed running back through the hole. Quentin had adjusted to the offense and now saw the pulling guard running past the off-tackle hole towards the outside, and that meant Johansson had the ball. And Quentin wasn't the only one who saw it. Virak the Mean saw it, too. The Earthling's pulling guard moved forward to block Virac, but the Quith Warrior dropped to all fours and stutter-stepped left, then right, then left again, using his low center of gravity to create the impossible lateral motion of a truly talented Quith warrior. The guard matched the first two moves, but stumbled off balance, and Virak shot past. He came free with a good five yards to pick up speed. Johansen tried to cut inside to avoid the reaching arms of Mumo Killui, and he didn't see Virak until it was too late. Virak threw himself forward like a flying switchblade his helmet smashing into Johansson's stomach. The quarterback went down hard. The ball popped free, but Pookie Chang hopped on it. Whistles blew. (whistles) Johansson got up, slowly. He limped back to the huddle, barely able to walk on his right leg. The Earthlings tried running the wing tee a few more times, but everyone knew the limping Johansson wasn't going to carry the ball. With him removed as a threat, the Kraken's defense concentrated on Chang and Loachie. As the clock ticked past eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Earthlings punted the ball away. They wouldn't run the wing tee again for the rest of the game. Pine got up slowly after his fifth sack. He was bleeding again, this time from a cut on his arm. At least he got up. Akanatak still lay in the ground, a limp, tubular body with limp, multi-jointed arms. A thin, recurring squirt of black blood jetted up from his back, like a little on-off geyser of oil. Chocothillet had destroyed his second right tackle of the game. After starting on their own 15, the Krakens had put together a 30-yard drive but on third and long, Chocothillet smashed through Akanatak and dragged Pine down. The Kraken's offense ran off the field to be replaced by the punt team as Doc's med sled floated Akanatak off the field. There was only five minutes left to play in the game. The defense had to come up with one more stop. The defense held. The Krakens got the ball back with 2 minutes and 12 seconds to play in the game, ball on their own 35. Quentin sat at the bottom of the pile, face down, the football pressing into his diaphragm, so much weight on top of him that he couldn't draw in a full breath. Not that that was necessarily a bad thing, because when he took a full breath, his ribs screamed and his chest ached with the effort. Another assassination attempt by Choco Thillett, had torn away Quentin's second set of rib armor, along with more of his skin and blood. Doc said not to worry, though. Oh, he'd be fine after an hour in the rejuve tank. The injury wouldn't stop Quentin from finishing the game. Gosh, thanks, Doc. K.O. Keywear was the third Kraken's guard to face Choco Thillett, and he wasn't doing much better than had Wenny Derrett or Akana tak. The weight lifted up from Quentin's back one chunk at a time until the last player rolled off. Quentin pushed his way up. He didn't want to get up. He wanted to lay there. Maybe take a nice nap. But he would be damned before he'd show those earthlings one more ounce of weakness or pain. Hey, how you holding up, champ? Alonzo asked. It's not going to stop, you know. Maybe you should just stay down. Then you better quit fooling around and dig out your A-game, Quentin said as he stood tall and walked back to the huddle, ignoring the invisible knife buried deep in his ribs. Because what you got ain't bothering me all that much. He was the last one back to the huddle. Pine stood there, hands on hips, glaring at him as he walked around to the back of the huddle and took his place. Did you finish catching up on old times? Pine asked him. Hey! Hey! He started talking crap. I just... Just nothing, Pine said. Shut your mouth and get back to the huddle. You got it? Hey, man, I'm not going to take this. He... Quentin, shut up. Jesus, you Purist Nation guys don't ever stop running the mouth, do you? Next play, you get your butt back to the huddle and you don't say a word. You got it? Quentin started to protest one more time, then closed his mouth. He was furious that Pine was talking to him this way, but... It was Pine's huddle. Pine looked at the sidelines, then shook his head. No, he said. Let's keep it on the ground. An unheard voice said something to Pine. He nodded towards the sidelines and turned back to the huddle. Okay, we pounded it up the middle enough for now. Let's mix it up. Y set, screen pass right. Hey, Quentin, maybe this time you could actually run with the ball instead of pussyfooting it to the line so they can smack you around like a little girl? Quentin's eyes widened with rage. What are you talking about? We'd have this game wrapped up if we had fed, hell, even you sued, but all we've got is you, you lazy backwater rookie. Without thinking, Quentin pushed his way forward to slide between Kilo yot and Shodo Thicket, who were right in front of him, bent down so the players behind them could see Pine. Quentin raised his right fist to swing at Pine, but two sets of hands and one set of tentacles grabbed him from all sides, and held him back. Hey now, Pine said, holding his hands out, palms up, that arrogant grin on his bloody face. You want a piece of me, you spoiled little racist brat? The words seemed to slip into Quentin's brain like a branding iron. He jerked against the hands holding him back as the huddle shifted and broke apart. You want to mess with me, Pine? Quentin tried to break loose. From behind, a strong arm wrapped around his neck and squeezed, lightly, just enough for Quentin to feel pressure on his windpipe, just enough to know he'd pass out if the arm tightened further. You stop this right now, Tom Perilous said. I let you go and you run the play, all right? Quentin nodded, or at least he moved his head. He couldn't nod with Perilous's thick arm wedged around his neck and under his chin. What's going on there, Chick? The Krakens are fighting in the huddle. Well, Masara, it looks like tempers might be flaring. Can we get a close-up of Barnes's face? Yes. Now, run it in slow-mo. You want to see if you can tell what this argument is about, Chick? You got it, Masara. Look at that guy. He's as wide-eyed mad as a Brahma bull getting a three-pound suppository. Hold on. Let me see what he's saying. Well, it seems that Quentin Barnes had a few choice words. He said... I think the viewers have a good idea what he said, Chick. Yes, but he called Donald Pine... And we're back to the action on the field. The Krakens are lining up in an eye formation with Haywick wide left, Scarborough wide right, and Kobe Yashow at right tight end.
0: And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm.
2: Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the Forest of Feminist Fairy Tales.
1: Quentin lined up in the eye formation right behind Tom Perliss. He was so mad he could barely see, barely hear the snap count. So now he knew what kind of a man Pine really was. Screw all the favors Quentin had given him. Screw the fact that Quentin had saved the man's reputation and career. When the going got tough, Donald Pine passed the buck. Green 28! Pine shouted. Quentin couldn't even stand the sound of that blue boy's voice. How could he have been so stupid as to give up the quarterback spot for the biggest game of the year? He had asked Hokor for this. Green 28! Well, he and Pine would settle up once the game was over. That old man was going to get his, that was for certain. Hut, hut! Quentin drove forward and to the right as Perla stood, hands out to pass block. On the screen pass, Quentin's job was to block down on the defensive tackle, then bounce outside and wait for the pass. K.O. Kiware and Vuko Will, the right guard and tackle respectively, would make half-hearted blocks, enough so that the defense could go right by, then bounce to the right and block for Quentin. The defensive line would chase after Pine, who would back up, drawing them in. When Pine threw the little dump pass to Quentin, those same defenders would be too far away from the play to do anything about it. Quentin ran up as Choco Thillett spun around Will's pseudo block. I'll show you, Pine. Quentin launched himself forward just as Choco Thillett finished his spin. Quentin's elbow smashed into the key lineman's helmet, snapping his head back. Choco Thillet stumbled, then fell to the ground. The world decelerated. Quentin bounced to the right and looked back. Three defensive linemen closed in on Pine, who backpedaled and looked confused. The linemen gathered and shot forward towards the scrambling quarterback who at the last possible second deftly tossed a floating pass. Quentin watched the ball in total fascination. It moved so slow he could read the small letters burned into the ball, Riddell, GFL licensed, and count the pebbles in the leather grain. The ball slowly spun towards him until his hands seemed to reach out and pull it in like an old friend. He turned upfield. Vuko Will and K.O. Kiwer were already in front of him, two biological bulldozers moving forward on multi-jointed legs. Kipper the assassin tried to cut past Vuko, but the key lineman managed to get a partial block. Kipper spun and stumbled by, off balance, but reaching for Quentin. Quentin switched the ball to his right arm, reared back with his left, and delivered a crushing forearm to the linebacker. Kipper's feet came out from under him, and he went down hard. Quentin stayed behind Kao, who ran as fast as his little key legs would carry him. Defensive back Jurong tried to reach Quentin, but she was fighting off a running block from Scarborough. Montrouge, the cornerback, came free, but had a bad angle. She tried to make a cut around Ko Keywear, but the key lineman gathered at the last second and launched forward. Even in Quentin's zen state, he heard the crowd's ooh and KO Kiwer smashed Montrouge into a limp Sklorno puddle. Quentin cut outside, zipping past Jurong, who couldn't separate from Scarborough's block. Suddenly, there was no one left. Quentin sprinted forward, big legs chewing up the yardage. The goal line loomed before him like the gate to heaven. He looked to his left, Volgograd closing in. Quentin watched in seeming slow-mo as she gathered for a touchdown-saving leap. Quentin's brain effortlessly timed the Sklornos dive. When she went horizontal, diving at his feet, he launched himself lengthwise. Volgograd passed by where his feet had just been, her tentacles flailing as she tried to grab a foot, a leg, a shoelace, anything, but came up with only air. Quentin's face mask hit the ground first. He slid forward, realizing, suddenly, that the grass he looked down upon wasn't green. It was red, the color painted in the end zones. The world rushed back in a hammer blow of noise and color and intensity. Touchdown, Krakens! A 45-yard pass from Pine to Quentin Barnes! Quentin looked for penalty flags, but saw none. The hurrah signaled a touchdown. Quentin glanced up at the scoreboard. Krakens 20, Earthlings 17. One minute, 31 seconds left to play. His teammates swarmed around him as he ran off the field. The Krakens faithful in the stands were a blur of jumping, screaming excitement. Two sections of anarchy set amidst a stadium of disappointment. Now it was all up to the defense. Quentin stood on the sidelines, as far away from Don Pine as he could get. Case Johansson limped onto the field, and Quentin felt a bond of brotherhood. Even from 30 yards away, Quentin could see the look in Johansson's eyes. He was ready to sacrifice anything to get the win. Ariok Morningstar had knocked in the extra point, giving the Krakens a 21-17 lead. His following kickoff had sailed into the end zone. The Earthlings started their last drive at their own 20. Pookie Chang lined up as a single back. The Earthlings lined up in a big set. Single back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. John Tweedy moved up onto the line, immediately showing blitz. His right leg twitched with anticipation, each hand tightening into a flesh and bone mace. Johansen dropped back five steps, limping slightly, then stood tall. Tweedy slipped between the linemen, but Chang picked him up and knocked him down with a perfect block. Johansson looked right, then turned left and delivered a tight crossing pass to Norfolk, who caught the ball and ran out of bounds just before Virak the Mean could tear off her head. 12-yard gain. First and 10 at the Earthlings' 32. One minute, 17 seconds to play. Maya Nicole, and Shoto the Bright ran off the field. Mumo Killui and Tiburon ran on, as Hokor switched to a nickel package. The Earthlings again lined up in a big set. Johansson hobbled back in a five-step drop. Quentin looked downfield, his mind on offense, instinctively looking for the open routes. Mumo Killui drove forward with his characteristic unkey-like agility, spinning and thrashing, trying to blast past the double team that held him in check. Johansson felt the pressure, cocked his arm, and delivered another short pass, This time to Bates McGee, the tight end. Complete for six yards. Virak the mean on the tackle. Second and four. Johansson signaled a timeout. Clock stopped at one minute and nine seconds. The Earthlings huddled up during the timeout, then hit the line in a three-wide receiver shotgun. The defense settled in like an invading army and awaited the signal to attack. Kilwe roared and came forward like a nightmare, two linemen pushing him all the way, yet still he drove toward Johansson. Quentin looked downfield. Norfolk, the receiver, was running a post and was pulling away from Berea. Oh, crap, Quentin said. Johansson sidestepped Mumo Killui's madman rush, looked downfield, and saw the same thing Quentin had seen. The undauntable quarterback stepped up, cocked his arm, and then there was Michnik. The massive, heavy G defensive end came from the blind side. He connected just before Johansson's arm started to come forward. Michnick hit him in the small of the back, 525 pounds moving at full speed. Johansson looked like a ragdoll bent in half at the spine. The ball flopped away on a wobbly backwards arc. Johansson's body just started to move back to normal alignment when Michnick drove him into the ground. They hit so hard, Quentin wondered if there would be an impact crater. The ball descended, hit the ground, and wobbled in a spinning dance to the right. It took almost a full second for the offensive and defensive linemen to see the ball on the ground. An offensive tackle lunged for it, but his jointed legs seemed to misjudge the ball's speed. He managed to only hit it, sending it farther into the backfield. The ball bounced back past the 25-yard line like a wildly spinning brown windmill. Time ceased to exist. 250,000 sets of eyes watched the ball's unpredictable motion. 250,000 beings held their breath. Three players dove for the ball simultaneously, and it squirted up into the air. Where Mumo Killui snatched it. The rookie defensive tackle scuttled for the corner as the crowd's roar erupted into a combination of excitement and anticipated doom. Pookie Chang ran after Mumo Killee. The big lineman scuttled across the 15 and headed for the end zone. Pookie's speed closed the distance in less than five yards, and he latched onto Mumo Killee's torso. The key lineman sagged to the right under the extra 310 pounds, but he kept plodding forward. Pookie ripped at the ball, ripped at Mumokiloui's eyes, his mouth at anything, desperate to save the touchdown that meant the end of the Earthlings' chances. The moving war passed the 10-yard line. Mumokiloui reached out his two right arms and lifted Pookie Chang right off the ground. Stunned at such a display of power, Quentin watched Mumokiloui cross the goal line, the ball tucked under his left arms, Pookie Chang tucked under his right. The Kraken sidelines erupted into a shouting, screaming, clicking, clacking, jumping melee of exploding joy. Kraken's 27, Earthlings 17. 52 seconds to play. Quentin found himself jumping up and down and hugging teammates just like everyone else. The joy seemed to gush out of him like a volcano, limitless and unstoppable. Tier 1. They were going to Tier 1. The extra point team ran onto the field. One more kick, and the Krakens were up by two scores with less than a minute to play. The extra point team stopped as whistles blew. Johansson hadn't got up. The Earthlings' docks flew onto the field, their med sled floating behind them. They took a quick look at Johansson, then put the med sled over him. The tiny cable shot out, simultaneously immobilizing and lifting Johansson's prone body. The med sled and the docks headed for the tunnel. Normally, all players would have silently watched the procession, but not this time. This time, they could barely stop themselves from screaming at the docks to get Johansson's weak butt off the field. The extra point team lined up. Quentin found himself standing next to Donald Pine. Hey, nice touchdown run, Q, Pine said, grinning. You ever notice how you play better when you're mad? Quentin stared at Pine for a second, then it sank in. His face turned red with embarrassment. Even in the biggest game of the year, Pine, the master manipulator, had goaded him into a rage. It hadn't been personal. It had been calculated. Quentin realized that when the rage hit, he'd forgotten all about his battered body, and he had just played. Quentin smiled as Pine tousled his hair. Together, they turned to watch the extra point. Ariok Morningstar knocked it through. Krakens 28, Earthlings 17. Well, Chick, I think you can say that this one is pretty much over. The Earthlings' backup quarterback, Dan Earlwine, just isn't the same caliber as Casey Johansson. I think the Earthlings are about as done as a three-day-old dog turd, Masara. Chick, we've only got a few minutes left. Can't you just try to knock it off? Masara, you're as uptight as an anal-retentive accountant. You know what? I give up. Hey, Masara, you can't leave the booth. The game is still on. Well, uh, folks... Chick McGee here, now on play-by-play. Dan Erwine is in the shotgun, and he looks nervous. He's got to come up with two touchdowns in less than 40 seconds. He drops back, looking, looking. He's going deep to Norfolk. The pass looks short, and Barea's got it. Interception. That's the ball game, folks. The Earthlings are headed to the showers, and the Ionath Krakens are headed to Tier 1. An hour after the game, every player remained crammed into the communal center room. Mitchell Fayad's jersey had been taped to the holo board. Grass stains darkened the orange jersey, as did Quentin's red blood and several streaks of key black. It hung there, a memorial to their fallen comrade, as if Fayad was watching over them, participating in their celebration. Pine walked up to Quentin. They hugged like long-lost brothers. Quentin didn't feel any pain this time. With the game over, Doc had injected several brands of rather efficient painkillers. You did it, old man! No, you did it, Q, Pine said, his blazing, genuine smile as different from his arrogant grin as night was from day. You are a quarterback, and you rushed for 64 yards and caught for another 82. You're the hero of the game! An MVP performance, huh? Pine laughed and shook his head. Sorry, man. MVP goes to Mumo Killui. Three sacks and the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Quentin shrugged and laughed. He'd get his playoff MVP someday. Mumo Killui had savaged the Earthlings' offensive line and sealed the game with a fumble return for a touchdown. He deserved it as much as anyone else. Well, he earned it. Brother, we all earned it. Yeah, well, looks like we're in another quarterback controversy Tier 1 season's only a month away. Quentin said it jokingly, but Pine's smile faded. Hey, Quentin said. Did I say something wrong? Pine shook his head. No, man. And there isn't a quarterback controversy. Not anymore. You're the guy. Quentin stared at the veteran. Don, you just put the team back into Tier 1. I'm not going to go down without a fight, but you finally did it. Pine shook his head again. No, I had my chances and I pissed him away. I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for you. This team won because of you, Quentin. Because of your leadership. I used to have that ability, but not anymore. Not like you have it. Look around you. Any one of these beings would follow you straight into hell. And believe me, Q, that's what Tier 1 is. It's hell on a football field. They'll follow you. I'll follow you. The words stunned Quentin. Donald Pine, two-time Galaxy Bowl champ, one-time League MVP, was going to be his backup. Permanently. Quentin Barnes, dirt-faced orphan from a backwater planet in a backwater system, would lead the Hyenath Krakens into Tier 1. Hey, don't just stand there with your jaw open, Pine said. Man, I swear, you purest Nation guys never shut your mouth. Now go congratulate your teammates. Quentin moved from player to player, thanking them, congratulating them, celebrating with them. It struck him as he danced with Sklorno, hugged humans, clacked his armor off the chest of Key, and butted heads with Quith Warriors, the most annoying of all the various races' celebratory habits. He no longer thought of them as aliens. They were Krakens pure and simple. They were his teammates, his fellow warriors. He'd been through hell and back with them, fought together on the field and off, killed and been killed, all in the name of winning. Winning together. Winning as a team. He could never go back to the purest nation. He reveled in the joy of accomplishing his second highest goal. His ultimate goal? winning a Tier 1 championship. He was on a collision course with that now, on a collision course with a Tier 1 championship. The only variable was time. Epilogue. Playoffs, Round 3. Krakens vs. Chilich Spider-Bears. It's time for Sports Headlines! All Galaxy quality content taken from the pages of the INS City Gazette. Headline Hometown Hero Leads Krakens to Championship. By Toyat the Inquisitive. Earth. Last night, the planetary union shook in fear under the weight of the Quith Concordia's newest and best homegrown secret weapon, Yitzhak Goldman. Goldman a human native of Ionath City, led the Krakens to a 24-19 win in the Tier 2 championship game played at Hudson Bay Stadium on Earth. Goldman, who was named the game's MVP, threw for two touchdown passes on the day, one to Milford and the second to Richfield. Goldman, who has been third in the depth chart for most of the season, was tapped to lead the team in this critical championship matchup. Quote, We had two injured quarterbacks and Goldman stepped up said Kraken's head coach, Hokor the Hookchest, Our semifinal game left us with a lot of beat up players. With tier one season only a few weeks away, we needed to rest some beings. End quote. Another key performer was Kraken's running back, Yasud Murphy, who posted the first 100 yard game of his young upper tier career. Murphy picked up most of the yardage on a stunning 44-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter, a play that gave the Krakens a commanding 24-12 lead. Quote, the offensive line opened up a huge hole and I ran through it, Murphy said. I'm buying those guys a beer. In fact, I'm buying them a lot of beers. Hey, do you want a beer? I'm buying. End quote. Murphy's jubilance was echoed in the Krakens' locker room where quarterbacks Donald Pine and Quentin Barnes drenched Goldman in the football tradition of a champagne shower. The Krakens move into Tier 1 for the first time in ten seasons. They don't have much time to rest, however, as the Tier 1 season begins in only four weeks with a visit to the ISIS ice storm of the Tower Republic. This has been sports taken straight from the pages of the INS City Gazette. Brought to you by Junkie Gin. Junkie Gin, tastes like a touchdown every time. You have been listening to The Rookie, Season 1 of the Galactic Football League Series. Produced by Ariak Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to ScottSigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. SuperweaponBand.com. You're